You're listening to She, a podcast for women ready to leave their mark on the world. I'm Nichelle Lawrence. As a wife and mom of four girls, I'm committed to empowering women in life and business while holding space for moms of color navigating pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. In this season, I'm sharing from my book, She, A Sister Girl's Guide to Overcoming Her Past and Pursuing a Limitless Future. Like many women, I accepted only what I was offered, living beneath my gifting and potential until the day I had had enough. I realized that I deserved to live the life that God planned for me, the life that was promised regardless of my past mistakes. And now I show women how to get unstuck by pursuing passions, following dreams, and living beyond limits. I'm here to tell my story. Chapter four, Girlfriend at the Well. There's a great possibility this segment should be called Quenching the Thirst. Either way, she is desperate for something she hasn't yet attained. Unfortunately, though, she's not sure what that something is, so she dibbles and dabbles in whatever she can get her hands on in an attempt to fill the void that she feels. Some turn to drugs, alcohol, or sex to escape that empty feeling, but once they've emptied the bottle, smoked up that blunt, or pulled up their skirt, there is still much more to be desired. Most times after her quest for fulfillment, she's emptier than when she started. Not only is she plagued by the original void, she is now weighed down by the guilt of sin. It's a never-ending cycle from empty to emptier to totally depleted. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. John 4.13 Girlfriend was standing at that well minding her own business. As a matter of fact, for her, it was just business as usual. She went to the well as she often did, but this day was different. Today, Jesus, the King of the Jews, approached her asking for water. Can you imagine? She was a Samaritan woman, and the scripture tells us that Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. I'm sure she was shocked that he was even talking to her, let alone requesting a drink. I like to imagine her rolling her neck a bit as she said, What do you think this is? Who are you to be asking me for water? I bet she was all kinds of sass and attitude. Jesus' response was simple. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. This scripture gives me so much life. If you only knew the incredible things that God had in store for you, you wouldn't waste your time on things that only offer temporary fulfillment. Just in case you didn't catch it. God has incredible things in store for you. So don't waste your time on things and people that only offer temporary satisfaction. It's not enough to simply press. We have to make sure we're using that energy on things that will actually benefit us. Whether she knew it or not, girlfriend at the well was searching for something. You don't go through that many men simply because you're bored. She had some deep-rooted issues. She was lonely, looking for acceptance, and attempting to relieve the spiritual gnawing in the pit of her stomach with natural remedies. Little did she know, the answer to all of her problems was lying in the palm of one man's hand rather than in the bed of many men. The awesome part about this soap opera saga is all she had to do was ask. Girlfriend didn't have to turn a trick, sign a contract, or donate any money. She asked, and then she received. For if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. For it is by believing in his heart that a man becomes right with God, and with his mouth he tells others of his faith, confirming his salvation. For the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord who generously gives his riches to all those who seek him for them. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 9 through 13. Don't you want that? Salvation, freedom, rest. You can have it. It's yours for the asking. Maybe you're having trouble relating to the woman at the well. I get it. That was back in the Bible days. You have a faucet, so why would you go sit at a well and wait for Jesus? These are clearly valid points. There was a time that I didn't know either. I was raised in the church, giving every tool needed to succeed, yet there was a period in my life where I had no idea what my purpose was. I felt a void and had no idea how to fill it. So I turned to sex and meaningless, borderline abusive relationships. I spent at least seven years walking around aimlessly, searching for something more. All I found was more heartache and pain. I visited the well time and time again, yet I couldn't find the remedy to quench my thirst. I go to the altar, fall out and roll around, but by the time I returned to my seat, let alone got home, I was once again parched. Guess what? Church is not a quick fix. As my former Sunday school teacher would say, Going to church makes you a Christian as much as lying in a garage makes you a Cadillac. I knew how to dress, act, talk, and shout. I could pick them up and put them down with the best of them, but I still had issues. While going to the altar is a good step, it's only the first step. Yes, you want to be purged of everything that's not like Christ, but you have to replace those negative things with positive ones. If you don't, you're in for a world of trouble. Romans 12 and 2 tells us, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It wasn't until I began to seek God for myself through studying the scriptures, fasting and praying, that I was able to reach a point of wholeness. Am I perfect? Heck no. But I'm constantly striving for excellence, knowing that satisfaction is found in Christ rather than man. Ugly Tendencies there are some ugly people in this world, and I'm not talking about mere physical attributes. There are just some things all the rhinoplasties this side of Beverly Hills will not fix. Ugly is as ugly does. Sorry to get off Forrest Gump on you, but it's true. I'm talking about downright hateful, mean, judgmental, and depressing people. They're unhappy and don't want to see others succeed. As a result, they lead miserable lives. I know because I used to be one of them. Back when I was unaware of my purpose and destiny, I simply didn't know who I was. And because of this ignorance, I was unable to appreciate people who were already aware of their God-given purpose. Therefore, subconsciously and inadvertently, I hated and hated on those that had a better grasp on their purpose in life than I did. For some scatterbrained reason, I was convinced that their beauty or success somehow took away from my good qualities. I felt that whatever they did automatically overruled what I was doing, which at the time was absolutely nothing. Of note, most haters have time to hate because they got a lot of free time. People living in purpose, on purpose, for a particular purpose, don't have the time or the extra energy to hate on what someone else is doing because they're too busy pursuing their own passions and following their own dreams. 
People living in purpose are happy to see other people succeed because they know what success costs. How can you operate in your calling if you don't know what it is? You can't. Furthermore, you can't expect to know who you are unless you know and are actively seeking God, your creator. His agenda is the only one that matters. Believe me, I've tried fulfilling my own agenda and the agenda that others imposed on me. It always ends in disaster. I'm sure you're thinking, lady, I know God. I was raised in the church and let me stop you right there, sweetheart. I too was raised in the church. I didn't just go. I was actively involved. From poofy Easter dresses and ruffled socks to the infamous wide-brim church hats. Been there, done that. I come from a lineage recognized for its pursuit of holiness. Yet I still experienced a period of my life unsure and unaware of who I truly was and what God's plan was for my life. I sought things in lieu of God's kingdom. I sought riches instead of righteousness. I may have known his word, but I refused to seek his face for myself. I went to church on Sunday and Wednesday. That should have been enough, right? Wrong. Fact is, Sunday and Wednesday wasn't enough to keep me from falling time and time again. Shoot, it wasn't even enough to make me not want to fall. I didn't desire holiness, nor did I hunger for righteousness. I was ugly, and ugly people are selfish. When you're insecure, you hoard in an attempt to gain security. You may hoard compliments or even knowledge if that's what you think it will take to gain popularity and or recognition. I dealt with low self-esteem for a really long time, and it's a very ugly thing. I couldn't fix my lips to, let alone wrap my brain around complimenting another woman because on the inside, I was dying to be more like her. In my small mind, I thought, if I admit that she's beautiful, I'm admitting that I'm not. That was such a ridiculous mindset. As a society, we've been conditioned to want whatever it is that we don't have. Fat chicks want to be skinny. Short-haired divas want long tresses, and the shy girl wants to be noticed. That's just the way it is. I'm not sure what happened to being content in whatever state we're in, but I guess, unfortunately, there's always more to be desired, and never a moment of just simply being content with who you are. Don't get me wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with self-improvement, but there is everything wrong with not being able to recognize the initial good within oneself. My weakness was a desire to fit in. I intentionally went out of my way to blend in with the crowd. I did things I didn't necessarily like or agree with in an attempt to be liked or possibly loved. I'm not talking about anything too outrageous. I haven't robbed any banks or killed anyone, but I was definitely a lie to kick it type of girl. I was a chameleon, willing to change how I acted, dressed, and even what I said I believed in to gain popularity. And what's funny is, well, it's funny now, but it definitely wasn't then. Those people that I broke my back trying to impress didn't really care about me at all. Matter of fact, in retrospect, they may have even liked me more had I simply been myself. I used to walk through the halls of school, and church for that matter, and hear girls say, she thinks she's all that. Little did they know, I thought I was less than that. In order to hide my insecurities, I put up a wall. What they called arrogance was an armor of protection. Head up, shoulders back, and they'll never know how ugly I am. I failed to realize my ugliness was busting at the seams, and the only person who couldn't see it was me. Forget what they told you. Ignorance is not bliss. You've been listening to She, a sister girl's guide to overcoming her past and pursuing a limitless future. If you'd like to learn more about the work that I do or contribute to future episodes, please visit nichelle.com. And of course, for daily inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Nichelle Lawrence. 
More than anything, know that I'm cheering you on. I believe that everyone has a story and I can't wait to connect with you to hear yours. Until next time.